Today on City Cash Chicago. For many high school seniors, the next month is all about prom, graduation, and preparing for college. But Lucy Westlake won't be walking across the stage with her classmates at Naperville North. Instead, she'll be climbing one of the tallest mountains in the world. It's so empowering to like stand on top of a continent, you know? Lucy talked to us from 17,000 feet at the base camp of Mount Everest. It's Tuesday, May 3rd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Hello, this is Simone. Hi, this is Lucy. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I think the calling is, I have to warn you, it's a little bit spotty. I have like... These kind of scratch-off tickets that I use, but it'll hope it'll work okay. 18-year-old Lucy Westlake graduated early from Naperville North High School in the fall, and she's already set records as the youngest female to reach the highest point in each state. Now she wants to set another as the youngest American woman to summit Mount Everest. She talked with producer Simone Alisea. Lucy, can you describe kind of where you are right now and what it is you're, you're seeing and looking at? Yeah, um, well, right at this exact moment, I'm at Everest Base Camp. Um, I got back yesterday from an acclimatization route, so that took um, three days. So we were pretty pretty dang close to the summit. I think we were at like 23,000 feet of elevation around then and then came back. So right now I am in a big like kitchen tent, uh, dining tent right now, sitting in front of a heater because it's actually um, nighttime uh, where I am. So I'm snuggled in my sleeping bag, sitting in front of a heater, <laughs> trying to keep as warm as possible. What's the weather like at base camp? During the day, it can get really hot almost. Like today, I was in a t-shirt and I was totally fine. But then as soon as that sun drops, it gets really, really cold really fast. Um, and right now it's like super windy, pretty snowy. So it's it's gotten um, not so nice anymore. No more tanning weather. And you had to hike into to base camp, right? Yeah, yeah. I trekked. Um, I actually had a team with me, my dad, um, and there were 10 of us in total, just a variety of friends and family. It took us eight days to get here. It wasn't like anything super like hard, no technical, just trekking in for eight days. Oh, still, that's an eight-day hike. It's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> Can you describe kind of the scenery? I mean, is there, you mentioned uh, there's snow, but, you know, are are you have any elevation? Are you see, able to see out? What's the sky look like? You know, what's kind of the, the scenery around you right now? Oh, my gosh, it was a gorgeous trek. Uh, there's like these, these sky bridges that you get to go across, these rivers, amazing suspended bridges that were my favorite part. We hiked along a river for a few days. And then you get into more like the alpine, um, like big sky, less trees. Um, and there's a view of Everest, um, the peaks. Um, and then when we got closer to base camp, it started to get a little snowy. But here at base camp, it's kind of like in a basin surrounded by these beautiful, like snowy peaks. Um, and you can see the ice fall, actually, which is the most technical part of the mountain, which is called the ice fall. And it's basically like a bunch of just a ton of avalanches that have fallen there makes it really uh, a technical route. Like there's some vertical ice climbing. Um, wow. And that's probably the most dangerous part of the mountain. So you can see that we're almost sleeping like right in the ice fall. Actually, our camp is the closest to it. 
Wow. So you get to like see like the hardest part <laughs> waiting for you, basically. Oh, yeah. It was it was intimidating at first. I was like, how do we get up this, this uh, huge ice fall? Like I was confused, but there is a route. There is a route. It just changes constantly. There's, there's these uh, people called ice doctors, actually, who every time there's like an avalanche or something, which is like almost every day, they have to go in and change the route a little bit, find new route. So they have a tough job there. Oh, that's interesting. So so I did realize that, that there was some intention behind that, that there's some some human hands who help kind of create that route. Yeah, yeah, no. Climbing through the ice fall without them would, would be, like, almost impossible. It would be very dangerous because they put in um, these ropes that are basically, like, your protection. So without the ice doctors doing that, it would, Everest would be a much, much more challenging mountain. So how far away is the summit? How long is it going to, theoretically, assuming everything goes well, um, how long is it going to take you to reach the summit? Now we're resting and waiting for a good weather window. And then theoretically, it will only take five days to summit and come back to base camp. You move so quickly. It's like those are very hard five days. But once you are above, we're at 17,600 feet right now. So once you're above the altitude, you really want to move fast. You don't want to dilly dally up there. Obviously, summiting Everest, it'll be a huge accomplishment in itself, uh, especially as the the youngest American female to do it. Um, but it's sort of just one part of your quest to complete what's called the Explorer's Grand Slam. Can you tell me what that is? Explorer's Grand Slam is climbing to the highest mountain in each continent, um, and then as well as going to the North and South Pole. So I've said if I summit Everest, I'll have done five of the seven. And then I'll also have to go to the North and South Pole. How are you paying for this expedition? Money's been a big factor. That's actually, I wanted to complete the all the Explorers Grand Slam this before college, actually. But unfortunately, I didn't get enough funding. Um, for Everest, I, I was blessed to receive a Grape Nuts scholarship, which is literally like the serial Grape Nuts. I've also had a few like corporate sponsors. Also, I have a GoFundMe that I, I'm just like, I'm so thankful to everyone who's donated to those. That's one of the biggest things. It's one of the hardest things is just raising enough money. So how long have you been working on this? I've, I've been actually doing it for a few years. Every, every like year almost, I kind of do an expedition to a mountain. Um, just cause like there's such, there, it's such a good goal to have. Like, you feel it's so empowering to like stand on top of a continent, you know? Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. 
Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Well, I wanted to talk about you a little bit more. How old were you when you first started climbing? I started when I was seven, and I started high pointing uh, with my father and my family. High pointing is climbing the tallest mountain in each state. When I was seven, me and my family were on a mission trip, actually in Kentucky, and someone told us the high point was literally like 10 minutes down the road. So we it was just like driving up it. It was a really easy one. But after that, we kind of were like, oh, this is, this is cool. Like, let's kind of research more high points. And it just kind of became like a family a family thing. Like we'd get out and, and climb a mountain on our way to visit family in Oregon or Mexico or something like that. And then it really, it just eventually escalated. And my brother didn't, wasn't really super into it anymore. So it just became me and my dad as climbing partners. And yeah, I mean, we started doing some really big mountains. Do you what do you remember anything about that first climb in Kentucky? I mean, was there do you remember kind of what went into that when you were seven years old? Yeah, it was literally just driving up in a mountain. Like you got out of your <laughs> car and it, and took a picture with with the, with the marker. There's about like there's like ten or twenty of the high points that are literally just like in a field or or in a sidewalk or up on a school ground or something like that. And so, yeah, there's, there's some that are definitely not, not the most like, spectacular stories. Sure, sure. I guess the highest point in Iowa, probably not, probably not super yeah. hard, to, hard to get up. Mm-hmm. That said, right, you have also climbed mountains like Denali in Alaska, uh, highest point in North America, I believe. In Illinois, for example, right, there's, there's certainly hiking available. There's even rock climbing available. There is something that is sort of particularly intense about like real mountaineering and summiting these really, really high peaks. What is it that attracts you about climbing mountains? It's almost just like this attachment you get to the mountains. Like, even though there is suffering involved, even though it's not fun at times, I really just can't stay away from them. Their beauty is just is unreal especially like being in the Himalayas for the first time it's it's like breathtaking every time I like look up it's it seems like it's like a new view and it seems like I just saw it for the first time Uh, you know I'm curious right you're somebody who's chasing a, a couple records is it is it more about the competition for you or is it more about getting to know these mountains for lack of a better way of phrasing it I guess I used to, I definitely used to do it just like for the records and everything. But after like, I, I tried to climb Denali when I was 13. That was a big goal of mine. But then there was an incident where everyone had to just be evacuated because there's a, a big like rescue mission that had to go on. So basically I like wasn't able to even attempt to summit. And after that, I like really like kind of questioned like why a mountain climbed. Uh, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because even if you put like everything you have into it, like you might not succeed. That definitely like was a little discouraging. But then after, um, after kind of like realizing that it, I mountain climb more for just like pushing my own limits. And I guess that is kind of competitive 
um, as well. Like I'm kind of competing against myself and my own limits, but just above all, just like being in the mountains, it's it's enough. Mm-hmm. Do those records are those meaningful to you? Sort of particularly like youngest female, you know, on the high points, and and again, uh, assuming you complete your your Everest climb and the Grand Slam, right? The those those records as well. I mean, are are those um, meaningful to you, or does it feel like, of course, I could do something like this? Of course, of course, this is this is something that's available to me. Oh yeah, no, for sure, they're definitely meaningful. I, I mean, just like as as a young like female getting into the mountains, it's not like a very popular thing to do. Like, it's a very male dominated sport, so my goal is always to to help like inspire others to get into the mountains like to see me setting these records um and doing these things and being like wow like maybe i could do that too you know eventually there there might come a point where you're climbing mountains less and less but is there are there lessons you think that you will take with you as you get older yeah the mountains have taught me so many lessons just like the perseverance it takes the the grit and like the conditions you have to you have to be okay living in like everything after the mountains, uh, especially like big expeditions. Like you're like, wow, I'm never going to complain about anything again in my life. Like <laughs> I'm going to appreciate my bathroom, my bed, everything so much. So definitely there's like, there's a million life lessons you can learn in the mountains. Lucy Westlake is about to uh, summit Everest, calling us from base camp uh, in Nepal. Thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. Thank you so much for calling me. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. All right. Best of luck, Lucy. Thank you. Finishing the Grand Slam might take another year or two, and Lucy isn't exactly sure what's next after that, but she is headed to the University of Southern California in the fall to run track and cross country. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Chicago is trying to encourage activity in the loop with a new initiative called Return to the Office. As you can imagine, not everyone is a huge fan. Check out today's newsletter to learn more at chicago.citycast.fm slash newsletter. The next chapter in the Crosstown rivalry will be written this week when the Sox and Cubs face off tonight and tomorrow at 640 at Wrigley Field. Both teams are currently under 500. And some good news to get you through. It's Teacher Appreciation Week, and we want to give a huge shout-out to Jennifer Trejo, an arts teacher at Taft High School in Norwood Park, for being named a Golden Apple recipient. That's one of the state's most prestigious awards for teachers. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. We are recording. Yes, levels look good. Yes, here we go. Jake, welcome to the set. Knock this out.